All righty, everybody. Welcome into episode number eight of the Nothing to Eat podcast. Welcome into the live version streaming here on Facebook and uh, Zoom as well. Um, really looking forward to tonight's episode. Um, as Sam from Bubby's Bagels pointed out to me, uh, I should have called this Nothing to Drink episode, <laughs> um, which is really exciting. We're mixing it up here uh, uh, this evening. But uh, if you haven't ever joined for a Nothing to Eat episode, it's all about uh, engagement live. Um, that's really why we're going live is because um, I may be asking questions of, of our guest hosts, but it's really about um, opening up the conversation to a lot larger audience and um the show has really been based around the classic npr uh car talk program which had listeners uh asking questions um and it's really been based around home cooking uh tonight we're going to be talking all things beverages which i'm really excited about uh cocktails not alcoholic cocktails so uh, if you're live on Facebook, you can punch your questions right in. If you want to call, you can use the, the call-in number as well. Um, but again, any questions related to uh, cocktails, non-alcoholic cocktails, beverages in general is great for tonight's guest host. But also if you have home cooking questions, um, I'm sure we can tackle those as well. Um, you know, whatever, we're here, we're here to engage and uh, build community around good food and drinks. Um, so without further introduction of the show, because you can certainly learn more about it uh, on plantacuisine.com. Um, I want to go ahead and introduce our guest host of our uh, episode number eight, which are, will be our final episode of season number one. Crazy to think we've already done eight episodes, but really stoked to have uh, Roman. Oh gosh. Just tell me your last name. Alba. There we go. I knew I was yeah. in a butcher, so I'm not in a butcher. <laughs> um, Roman and I have known each other for I don't even know how long, a little while now. I don't know either, man. A couple of years, probably. Yeah. So um, Roman is the founder, owner, and operator of the Bartending Co. Um, right here in TC. So we've been able to collaborate before on some on some dinners and some events, which has been really fantastic. And and I mean, he's really done an incredible job of of kind of just networking and, and blasting his way into this community and seeing here. And uh, uh, I'm sure if if you've been to different events, you, there's a good chance you might've uh, tried some of the fantastic uh, creations that um, him and the team that he has, uh, has done. So uh, Roman, really excited to have you in here tonight uh, and, and, and to bring in the, the drink beverage side of things to the Nothing to Eat <laughs> podcast for the first time. I don't know if I did the greatest job of introduction uh, right now. So I do like to ask um, any guest uh, to also just introduce uh, yourself, however you might want to. For sure, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, my name is Roman Alba. I'm the owner operator of the bartending company in TC. We're a liquid catering company. We specialize in private events of all kinds. We do weddings, house parties, corporate events, parties on boats. Um, all sorts of things, really. Whatever your beverage needs, we got you covered. We're a full service company. Um, we have business relationships and partnerships in a sense with multiple breweries, wineries, and distilleries in the local area. And our whole thing is trying to give our guests a taste of, of Northern Michigan. So we try to use local products whenever possible. And that's what those partnerships with, with local companies really do for us. We are able to get um, you know, local products for domestic prices and um, give people's guests a true taste of Northern Michigan. There's a lot of really amazing products up here. Um, a lot of really good 
fresh ingredients and produce to be used. And um, yeah, so that's me. And I, I, and I do feel like you undersold yourself a little bit there, man. You're saying, you know, talk to you about some home cooking stuff too. I've, I've tried some <laughs> of your, your beverages too, man. You definitely got some chops there too. So Oh yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's fair. No, that's true. And, and I do want to point out, you know, I, I think, um, I, you know, obviously when we, you know, the name bartending co and just talking about drinks and, you know, sometimes the, oh, the mind at this point in time and in, in, in our current society often can only think exclusively of alcohol, alcoholic drinks. Just want to point yeah. out that we're both very passionate about non-alcoholic drinks and really elevating the craft of that. So uh, if you have questions in relation to that, I know we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit in, in, in terms of some of the things you've been doing. Just want to point that out. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, even too, just like basic, like if you have some fundamental questions about just flavor combinations in relation to drinks, or again, there's no stupid questions on this. Uh, well, I think there's no stupid questions in life in general, but certainly not on Pretty this podcast. Much. So yeah. uh, whatever you got, throw it at us. But uh, just as a means of kicking things off, um, so how long, how long is, have you been based here? Just, I, I don't know if in, you mentioned in, that. In Traverse City. Yeah, I moved here in, uh, was it April of 2017? Okay. Yeah. So I, I lived in Southern California for 16 years, almost two thirds of my life at the time and um, moved back here sort of on a whim because my dad and sister were going to be moving back. And um, I originally wanted to stay in California and continue my career there, but I, I made a major move and uprooted everything and brought it all here and it was super scary at first but I'm I'm happy with the way things turned out so awesome I do yeah. see we have somebody joining on zoom if you if you want to ask a question um just let us know via the chat um that you'd like to ask a question or you can use the chat on the zoom as well uh but if not uh just go ahead and mute your mic if you're just zooming uh tuning in via zoom um and uh let's see yeah perfect thank you and um so talk to me a little bit i know um i know as as with everybody this year has been a little crazy so uh talk to me a little bit about <laughs> what um what what has been what did this year look like for the bartending co oh yeah man um I mean, luckily for us, we had kind of made the call last year that we were going to start distancing ourselves from weddings. Mm. And I feel like that really put us in a, a fortunate position, man, because I was looking around at a lot of my fellow like caterers, food caterers, beverage caterers, uh, planners who were dealing with the cancellations of everything and, you know, having to deal with the either giving back deposits or trying to figure out the most polite way to say that we can't return our deposits. And I had to deal with that in a couple circumstances, man, but some people had to deal with it a lot more than I did. So I feel fortunate as far as that's concerned because um, we'd started to pivot away from that. And now this coming year, we're doing that even more so. But yeah, this, this past year, man, has just been, it's been difficult for everybody in the events game for sure I mean we we're super strapped for money but luckily I had a couple um a couple opportunities come up that really kept us afloat and that was a great lakes equestrian festival they run mm. from 
uh, early June to mid-September. This year, it was more like mid-June to mid-September, but five days a week, Wednesday through Sunday. Um, they're a huge festival in operation, and I was able to get most of my staff work through there. I was able to maintain work through there, and um, that was probably... I mean, the biggest opportunity that surfaced and, and that opportunity in and of itself kind of created our new avenue and, and pivot that we're looking forward to this next year, which is more venue style management, like what we did there, managing a bar program at a venue rather than um, doing one-off events at, you know, 20 plus different venues throughout the summer um, managing, you know, one to three venues throughout the year and doing all the events in an isolated place where you know where everything's at. Um, that's kind of what we're looking forward to this next year. So it was, it was kind of like a, you know, unfortunate circumstance is what it seemed like. Then it presented an opportunity, which now has presented multiple opportunities. So I, I feel super blessed, man. I, yeah. you know, yeah. I know some people were dealing with a lot more strife, but right. Yeah. No, I mean, I definitely, I do feel like, um, there has definitely been, I mean, you know, as hard as some of these, as hard as the year has been in a lot of ways, especially for people in the event space, I do mm -hmm. feel like it is, it, it is like that forced creativity force. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, you have to, you have to just think differently. Yeah. I mean, you just yeah. have to think differently. Okay. Well, so to, to, to break it up here a little bit, just cause I'm kind of curious, I, this kind of question mm -hmm. popped into my mind. I was thinking about some, like, just kind of like one oh one, like, um, even if, whether you're drinking alcohol or, or, or not. Um, mm -hmm. so like if you're, if you were to like, so al like alcohol or like bases for drinks aside, um, mm -hmm. If, if somebody was like setting about like their kind of like home, like, um, setup, um, and not like equipment, but like, what would, what like ingredient wise, like what would be some things like to just always have on hand that are like, so that regardless, like whatever those bases you have, you know, on hand, like what are, what are some, what are some other fundamental like ingredients to have around? Like, Cause as, as somebody who has like a, like a bar cart and I like the idea, mm -hmm. I've often thought <laughs> about that, right. Cause it's too. like, you know, somebody comes over and, and then it's like, you have some of the, like the alcohol or whatnot, but then it's like, you know, what are some easy things to like mix once you mm -hmm. got that setup going? For sure, man. Yeah. I mean, as far as like the basics go, having, uh, an abundance of citrus and <laughs> different types of sweeteners, man. I mean, like those, that's the core of most cocktails is like your base, uh, sweet and, uh, sour or a tart, you know, and you know, the basic, uh, like ratio is two, three quarter, three quarter. So two ounces of your base, three quarter sweet, three quarter tart and or sour. Gotcha. So it's, uh, having various types of citrus and if you're like me, I've got a, I mean, I've personally, I've got a drop freezer in my, in my basement. That's got like lemon juice, lime juice, grapefruit juice, blood orange juice, like all frozen and ready to go. So I can just bust it out thought and use it. And to me, that's the best way to have it ready to go. I mean, yeah. you can have citrus and you can have some lemons and limes, but you know, they go if bad. You don't use them. I mean, exactly. Yeah. If you don't use them okay. frequently enough, they will go bad. So that would be my suggestion is to like, 
fresh squeeze some lemon, lime, grapefruit juice, orange juice, and have it in the freezer just ready to go and, you know, thaw it out and use it as you're ready. And as far as sweeteners go, you know, have your granulated sugar, your regular sugar for making like simple syrup, your tur turbinado and demerara sugars, the darker sugars that have a little bit more of a molassesy taste, um, your honeys, agave, stuff like that. That stuff, you know, is shelf stable for a super long time. So you can have that at the ready. And there's all sorts of things that you can do with that, all sorts of infusions, herbal infusions and stuff like that. And yeah, I guess other than that, it would just be to have some good herbs or, or dried herbs, like some mm. dried uh, rosemary, some dried uh, lavender and things just ready to go to make your infusions too. That's so funny. Cause like, it's so crazy to me to think like, I, like you just blew my mind with like the freezing of citrus juice. Like, I don't know how <laughs> I didn't think about that. And honestly, like there's so many times yeah. when I'm like, I know I'm going to be mixing drinks and stuff. I'll like buy fresh citrus and then yeah. inevitably i don't use it, it. Oh, and then yeah. it's like wow yeah hello okay yeah that's very cool love that um okay well uh let's get to a facebook question uh from delaney what is something most people buy that's easy to make yourself and worth it what's your go-to cocktail so like something like you know that like may, might cost a lot out that like you could totally just yeah throw together at home hmm or, and, and also like, what's your go-to cocktail, which I feel like we talked a little about earlier today. So I, yeah, we did. Yeah. And I mean, tequila is my go-to base, generally speaking. I mean, I started off a whiskey drinker and then I started in with the gin and now it's tequila. It's like, I go through phases. Um, but uh, at, at the moment, I mean, nothing beats a good mark, man. Like any time <laughs> of the year, it just really doesn't. So that to me is like, something that one is expensive to get when you're out Two, it's and i'm not trying to knock anybody man but it's rarely it's rarely as good out too so it's like if you know how to make a good mark that's just a game changer man and i've got a few different renditions on margaritas one of one of which i'm going to share tonight but um yeah i'd say just a, a classic marg man and i can give you the recipe for that too and awesome we're gonna we'll, we'll post listening. that in like the podcast details like the actual recipe the yeah nice. okay but like so like i know that like i know like it's for instance like if you go to the store like they have the the margarita mix is mm -hmm. <laughs> okay good good you're yeah. shaking your head already <laughs> <laughs> so, don't do it man it's not hard it's not okay. hard i mean it's it's lemon juice or excuse me lime juice <laughs> uh wow that, that almost went bad it's lime juice simple syrup triple sec or cointreau and your tequila okay and i mean you can jazz it up i do put a little splash of orange juice in there myself but it's not many ingredients. It's not expensive. I mean, triple sec, I bought a bottle today and was shocked. It's like six bucks a bottle. If you want to get fancy, you can use Quantro, but that's like 36 bucks a bottle or something like that. So, um, and you're so, only using a half ounce. It's not a huge, huge difference. So it's like, so what you're saying is, is like the margarita mix is, I mean, cause I know that they have like the non-alcoholic ones too. Right. So it's like, so all you're yeah. saying is it's like, just like the citrus and the triple sec. But it's it, not. I don't even know what's in most of those mixes, man. It's like, <laughs> it's a bunch of sugar and it's some sort of like weirdly stabilized lime tasting stuff that's like sure. not actual fresh lime juice. And it just <laughs> makes such a difference, man. It's not hard. Like 
you can you can make a, a few margaritas out of like you know three or four limes and just just juice the stuff yourself and i have this like sweet little hand juicer i wish i brought it so i could show you but it's cheap you can buy them on amazon i think they're like 15 bucks and that's the hand juicer i've had the same one for like shoot i don't even know like five years and it's still 100 percent like as good as it was when i bought it so there's just a few little tools and stuff to have around your house to you know have your bartending kit ready to go it's all very simple it's all very inexpensive i just spent like an hour last night actually putting together a spreadsheet of like a introductory version and then like a uh like a what would you call it like a premium bar kit and they're not expensive man and they yeah. pay themselves off especially when you're making oh, cocktails yeah. at home man. Oh, like i mean what do what's the I standard know. price of a cocktail now like 10 bucks you know dude oh i mean and yeah. and way more, i mean definitely more if, if you're in any type of big city i mean i oh, feel like gosh, even here yeah. in tc i 12, mean i feel like you're bucks. looking at yeah 11 12 bucks easy for a base okay yeah we have another question to get to on facebook but before i lose this question i just have to ask it and yeah. you don't have to obviously call anybody out this is a very general question um mm-hmm. but if you had to like put a, a percentage on how, like the like how many bars use like an actual like a, a nasty margarita mix versus actually like doing it the proper way what, what do you mm-hmm. think that like what, what, what mark would you put that at i'm just kidding I don't know, man, because I mean, like the bars that I frequent usually aren't places that would do stuff like that, but I've definitely <laughs> been, been to some that do. So I don't, I don't actually have a good gauge on that, okay. but I would say okay. just to estimate, I'd say probably like 40% use some disgusting margarita mix or something and probably 60% try to do it the right way. And it's just, and there's probably about 20 or 30 percent that i've been to where i'm like damn that's a really good margarita you know and that's me being generous probably but who yeah like okay. low bar for example i know they're bartenders and i'm not calling them out i'm saying they do a great job with their cocktails man they're yeah they train I've, their staff super well and they are all just primo down there i, I love them all that's awesome um question here on facebook from uh kelly mocktails have become popular requests for events have you messed around with any delicious mocktail recipes so we we're kind of oh, we tease that in the beginning but uh I, I guess maybe like yeah do you have like a, a favorite one you've kind of come up with at, the, at this point in the game because you've definitely you've I, what you how long have you been kind of messing around with like the the non-alcoholic uh, cocktails um since probably like like two or three months before we did our first event together at Bear Creek Organic Farms, that like six course tasting menu where we did a, we did a, a non-alcoholic beverage pairing with, I think four of your six courses. Like I think that, I just yeah. started dabbling in that, like, like three or four months before that. So I don't remember what that, was where that, that like 2019. Was, <laughs> was it? Yeah, Summer it was 2019, Summer 2019. So. Yeah. So you got like a year and a half or so under your belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like what, so what have you found to be like, really, especially I, I would, I'd, I'd be curious just to hear like feedback yeah. too, you know, like from, from For guests. Sure. Yeah, man. Um, I have put out quite a few non-alcoholic beverages and they all stem from cocktail recipes, man. It's like stuff that I know from before or was taught from before or picked up from like another bartender who I worked with. In fact, one of my go-to non-alcoholic beverage recipes was from, 
um, a cocktail that I picked up off of a bartender who I was working under at Poppycocks, Anne Marie. She runs the program at Ironfish now. Incredible bartender, amazing, amazing talent with creating recipes. And uh, there was a cocktail that she created on the menu at Poppycocks called the Garden Party. And it was uh, Petoskey gin, cucumber parsley juice, lemongrass syrup. Um, there was like a saline solution and lemon juice. And it was an incredible cocktail. You know, when you see that kind of stuff on a menu, you're like, this looks funky, man. Like cucumber <laughs> parsley juice in a cocktail. Like, I don't know about that. But we tried it and we tasted it. And it was, even though like reading the menu, it wasn't like something that would normally jump out of your average person. It was one of our better sellers along with a couple other cocktails that season. And I took that cocktail and just amended it very slightly and uh, used um, iced chamomile tea as the base instead of the gin and did away with the saline solution and changed the ratio slightly. And that's probably like my favorite non-alcoholic, light, refreshing, easy drinker in the spring, summer, really any time, but especially in the spring and summer. Yeah, that's- I've got all sorts of recipes for that type of stuff, man. Yeah, I do. Th- I feel like teas are a great, a great base in terms of, in, 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 especially like if you're listening and, and you want to kind of experiment at home, I feel like most- most folks are going to have a range of different teas in the cupboard. So, you know, brewing up a stronger one, because again, you're trying to, you got to have like, you know, you think about alcohol and how, you know, obviously potent it is brewing up some strong batches of, of different teas, chilling them, like you said, and then kind of messing around using then those same kind of components that you might be using in a, in a regular cocktail. is like a very, I think that's a great, like in, in entry level kind of, just kind of playing around with, with, uh, some non-alcoholic cocktails, which is great. And I also just think too, I, and, and I, I want to kind of, uh, maybe we can just kind of focus on this for a minute. Um, but just in terms of the realm of, um, you know, I don't even like the word mocktails, but non-alcohol, I like calling them, I like elixirs. That's what I'm trying to like. We've been calling them free spirited beverages, man. And I really like it because it sounds like, I like, I like the way like free spirited sounds or like a free spirit sounds, but it's like free of spirits, you know? Right. So it makes sense logically oh, as like well. Um, it sounds really cool. So uh, well, one of the things I was saying, mentioned too, like um, with, with the idea of like non-alcoholic or free spirited um, beverages, it's also, it's, it's still a great option if you drink alcohol, like, again, like having, having a version like that, like, so people don't get super drunk or like you can extend the night too. It's also like, that's like a great, it's a great thing. I mean, I, I, I just, so I just want to say too, like, I think some, some folks who love their alcohol might just write it off, but it's also like, you know, that if you look at it through that lens and that perspective, and then you're also being inclusive, if you're in a group setting where somebody doesn't mm-hmm. drink or, or whatnot. And I think that's a, um, we, I'd love to have a conversation like that, but we have a few more uh, questions rolling in. So I want to get to those first. Um, Any advice when it comes to buying liquor and what to look for to pick a good brand if you're trying (laughs) to branch out? I like that question. For sure. 
Yeah, that's an interesting question for sure. And I, and I still like, I'm still learning as far as that's concerned. I, if, if you're local, I would say go to the beverage company to buy all your stuff. Uh, there's a few people there who are super knowledgeable. Carl in general is the man. I love that guy. I hit him up all the time. And I'm like, hey man, this is the wine that I'm looking for around this price point. This is my client's budget. These are like the flavor notes that I would like to have included. Sometimes I'll even tell them like what we're pairing it with or um, what we're using it in. If it's a cocktail, if it's a spirit, wine or sparkling, whatever. He's super knowledgeable. So he's like my fallback guy. But as far as, um, as far as finding good stuff, I mean, it's really... Everyone's I mean, got a different palate. I feel like I feel what like. you're kind of alluding to, though, too, is like, I mean, the uh, the beverage company is great. And I think what makes a good business like that is, is that if you walk in there and say, like, and just ask, start asking questions, they're, they're going to like, mm-hmm. you know, and so like, if you don't happen to be local and you're, and you're listening to this, I think, you know, whether, you know, just jumping on google and and like finding the highest reviewed like beverage kind of place and because those type of back and forth oh you're saying beverage uh company like who's selling them not not uh spirits companies yeah yeah, exactly like like i'm just saying like you know most cities are going to have a place like that and and you know Mm -hmm. you go to one that's really highly rated i think because I, I mean, I also through the lens of supporting local, like you said, I mean, we also of course have a ton of great options here and, you know, you go into an establishment that really knows what they're doing. Um, and, uh, you, you know, you just ask questions or like, say, I'm like trying to branch out and I've always, I, I love that. Cause then you're like yeah. allowing somebody else to have, who has that like passion, you know, percent. Um, yeah. And it's important to do that every now and then, in my opinion, man, because like I, like I said earlier, I've kind of gone through phases as far as like what my uh, base, like liquor of choice is in different periods of my life. And I, I, I do like to experiment with them and I like to try new things. And it's like trying an old fashioned with, you know, different types of bourbon and different types of rye, like it will taste different, like doing your especially if you're a gin drinker and you're just doing your classic gin and tonic, like same thing, like it will taste very different. Like your different gins, there's so many different botanicals that go into that. So yeah, I think it's important every now and then, like we're all creatures, creatures of habit and we find our, like our base spirit or, you know, whatever we order at whatever restaurant food wise, it's like our favorite thing on the menu, but it is important to branch out a little bit and to circle back and answer the question, I guess, yeah, I think we both kind of touched on it there. I think finding a local place, it's got somebody really knowledgeable behind the counter to steer you in the right direction is key. And I I feel like you'll get better information from that than any like Google search. If you're, if you, okay, well, maybe you just like threw my question away with that last (laughs) night. So like, but like, so say, say, say if you're like in a new city, and you like want to go or like, you know, you're, you're traveling and uh, whatever it's COVID, but whatever <laughs> in an alternate in universe timeline. Um, yeah. If you're, when you are traveling, like, is there, and you like want to just like go, you know, you want to get a good drink somewhere. Like, is there something specific like that, like, like going out and getting one, not like, you know, a supply company, but like, is there something or like, like particular you're, you're going to look for or search for or like or like you you know is a sign of a of a great establishment <laughs> um 
you know what man when i'm like traveling i really don't uh i'm really not like hard pressed to find the like the best cocktail bar to be honest because usually i'm i'm personally traveling on a budget and i guess i could answer your question in two ways like if i were to do that then this would be what i would do but technically speaking, man, generally, I'm just looking for the place that's going to like be the best time. And you can tell that by like people who are waiting outside the door, what kind of sure. music they're playing. So that's that's what I'll do when I'm looking the for music, the music. The yeah. music. I love it. Um, got another question here. Uh, what's your favorite way to utilize raw honey in a drink? This is coming oh from Jeff, gosh. who's a beekeeper. So nothing like throwing you on the spot. Cool, man. Yeah, I've got all sorts of stuff that I use honey for. And I've started using that as an alternative to sugar sweetener a lot more recently. And in the recipe that I'm sharing tonight, originally what I used in that was raw honey. And who, Jeff, what what company does he own? See, he has bees galore apiaries. Okay. And gotcha. um, and he also has a uh, nonprofit bird bee. So he splits his time between uh, Pen cool. uh, Pittsburgh and here. Cool. So yeah, I use I use raw honey all the time. I, I prefer the sort of like granular. Uh, almost like texture of that too. And I do dilute it almost all the time. I have to, because you can't shake it or put it in any concoction at the consistency or viscosity that it is. So generally speaking, what I'll do is um, raw honey is a little bit different. It's more of like a half and half split, but otherwise with regular honey, it's like a three to one, um, like three parts honey, one part water. And I kind of warm it up and mix, mix it. So it's more of a low viscosity syrup um, that blends better with the rest of the ingredients. But um, I really like toying around with infusions with that. I, I do a, a blueberry infused honey mm -hmm. and like a lavender blueberry lemonade that I use a lot. That's both in, as a non-alcoholic beverage and a boozy beverage. You can do gin or vodka with that. Um, so yeah, I just crush up some fresh blueberries and sort of simmer that with the honey. And you'd be surprised actually, just with like the moisture and the water that's inside the blueberries that sometimes even just cuts the raw honey enough to make it low viscosity enough to use in a cocktail. And then in addition to that, I, uh, I like making spicy honey too. And I do that mm. by making the the water that I add to that, I simmer red pepper flakes in water, uh, get it hot, strain all the red pepper flakes out and then mix that like spicy water mixture in with the honey. And it really adds a nice flavor dimension to certain cocktails. And I really like just having it be like an afterthought in a cocktail, like not, not prominent, like it's not a spicy cocktail, but you're just like, what is that? Just this little bit of heat on the back of your tongue that kind of keeps you coming back. Yeah, I think I think Jeff is uh, is drinking while asking questions because his spelling's real <laughs> off right now. <laughs> He's saying nice, anything man. anything with honey and whiskey, which I I do agree, um, it is a cool combo. I I do remember, and just as a point of reference too for Jeff's uh, uh, honey and in 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 knowledge and and uh, I don't want to give him all the credit because the bees do a lot of the work, but. Uh, <laughs> I did, I did make a cocktail for you earlier this summer that I did the honey on the rim, if you remember that. And nice. I do think that's a really cool thing, concept too. Wait, you made that, for, are you saying that to him or to me? Because you, you did something for me too. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were out front of your house. I remember we, it was during COVID. So we were like sitting out in your garden in our yeah. little, you know, yeah. lawn chairs. Or so whatever. I do like, yeah, I, you, I, I love the idea of honey on a rim too. And, I, and I've gone ahead and messed with that a little further where I like do that a little sea salt too so it's like a sweet and salt rim i really honey. like that too actually too because 
you know what I noticed about that drink that you made me was like when you do like a sugar or a salt rim, like you take a sip and that is gone, right? Like right. The, the sugar is gone, the salt is gone and you're kind of like working your way around the drink. And most of the time you end up finishing that all before the drink's gone. So it's not right. like a combination that holds through the entire beverage, but with the honey, especially raw honey, like we said, it's like that, like very thick, viscous stuff. So you're drinking it and it's not like you're just licking it off the edge the whole time. It still kind of remains. And yeah, I think in that circumstance, it totally did last until the end of the drink. Yeah, so, yeah. no, that I agree. I do. I agree. That is one of the things about like the rims. They, they are very cool, but oftentimes you'll finish that way before the drink is, is, uh, is gone as well. So that is a yeah. cool, uh, aspect of honey. Um, now that we caught up on some questions, I did want to circle back on just the free spirited cocktails. I love that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess one of the questions, and I think that you're the perfect person to ask this, but like, what are, what would you say are like, what's like, what's holding people, what, what is holding establishments back or like, what's, what are like barriers to, to like a more prevalent, better, cooler, tastier, free spirited, uh, um, scene, if you will. That's a super good way to ask that question. And I like that a lot. Um, and Obviously, I don't, I can't speak for every establishment, but if I were to guess, given my experience in places and, and what I've seen over time, I think one of the biggest hurdles is it's just like coming up with a new seasonal cocktail menu in and of itself is, is difficult enough for most owners of establishments. A lot of Restaurants are very small family run businesses where the owners are most of the time coming up with the cocktail program because they can't afford to hire an actual bar manager or there's like young, not super seasoned bartenders who are taking on that role who it takes a lot of creative energy to come up with a seasonal menu and then switch that up every season, you know, yeah. like and then also have features on the menu that are keeping things interesting and fresh. Then to add another whole menu that I feel like should be as populous and as creative and as cool as our cocktail menu to be those free spirited beverages. I think it's a lot to ask and, you know, I'm all for it and I wanna see it happen across the board. I think it needs to happen across the board um, you know, our, our town in particular is a very, I mean, freaking winery, brew pub, bar heavy town. There's a lot of heavy drinking that goes on throughout the entirety of the year. And I would just like to see it become a little bit more normalized to, to have a free spirited beverage in between cocktails and for the more hopping places to have like a five to seven, uh, drink menu that's all free spirited stuff and it's it's really it's not that hard once you start dabbling in it but I think there's just like weird barrier where like management bar managers if there are any and like lead bartenders don't have enough experience in it and it feels kind of intimidating and weird but you know you spend a few weeks dabbling in it or even a couple full days on the internet looking up you know recipes and there's even some really good books on it. I forget what the one's called that I just picked up recently, but 
there's a lot of recipes, man, that you can just use. And yeah, just to, just to wrap this up, I don't want to be too long winded with all my answers, but I feel like, uh, you know, that saying there's nothing new under the sun holds true most of the time. Obviously there's original recipes that come out and that's super awesome. But like most cool cocktail recipes are riffs off classics. They're like, you know, classic cocktail recipes with something subtly changed. And I read this book recently called Steal Like an Artist by Austin Kleon. And it's all about that, man. It's just like, dude, take somebody else's idea, change it a little bit or shit, man. If they're operating in Southern California and we're out here in Northern Michigan, like I've taken a couple recipes that I learned from bartender friends of mine. They're not mine, but I use them and people love them. It's just like, there's, there's a lot of ways that we could, we could be proactive and, and figuring out the pre-spirited game. And it's, it's a new venture, but it's really not that hard. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think, I think we're seeing some forward momentum and progress and um, it, it, I think it takes a little bit more time to, to reach a region like TC. Um, And I just think too, it's, you know, we're starting to see some changes there on the, on like the community social uh, levels too, in terms of like people's opinions about it and getting away from, from, from this, the stigma that can sometimes be there. Um, I, I do want well, to touch well, on something that you just said though, it, it, when you said like some of the like more hip areas, like, like New York, LA, and some of these like more hip areas, this is like been a thing for a cool minute, you know? <laughs> and it's, it's, it's not new there. And I do really feel like as far as like local establishments go, like the first three to jump on that train, like wholeheartedly are going to have like a huge influx of a different guest demographic and they're going to do super well with it. I mean, if you think about it, profit margins on cocktails are already generally speaking, what's running a restaurant, like their food costs and, and losses and stuff are like, you know, that profit margin is very low most of the time cocktails, wine, and spirits, beer, all that is like high profit margin stuff. When you negate having a base spirit in a cocktail and you're still selling it for like, you know, seven or $8 profit margins are incredible. So, you know, they could be driving, you know, locomotives, if you will, as far as profits for a lot of businesses too. I think there's a lot of pros to it. Yeah. And I mean, I, I mean, just anecdotally, I mean, this, the, I mean, I've definitely done a lot uh, in introducing uh, elixirs, free spirited cocktails into, in dinners I've done. And yeah, I mean, the, the reception is super positive. If I've posted images on social media, I mean, people, people want this. And again, it's, there's definitely a huge segment of the port, uh, the population that is moving away from actually drinking alcohol. But there, again, there is also just like the, I mean, there's, there's also, I, I can, I, I can't even begin to count the amount of times, like if like, you know, there's been times where friends like want to go out and you know i drink alcohol but there's just nights i don't want to you know yeah but you don't really want to go to a bar you know scene setting like if you're not drinking that it's just not that's you the know. thing man and, and that's like, what are you gonna drink your cranberry juice and club soda or your like <laughs> northwood soda off the gun no offense to them love their products but dude it's like why not put as much creativity time and effort into a non-alcoholic beverage as you do a cocktail so you can be walking around like you in those circumstances with uh a sweet looking drink in a coupe that's like, looks like a cocktail, but it's not one. And you don't 
feel like you have to alienate yourself from the rest of the group or get crap from your friends about not drinking you know there's all sorts of reasons why are right yeah and i mean i think that i think that's hitting on a really important note because um i think you know that you know that your your free spirited game is is up to snuff if if you can't tell the difference and that's that's really important like because i think that i mean i've definitely been to a lot of bars that i can tell that they are putting time and energy into it but they still Mm -hmm. look different and they still Mm -hmm. aren't like they're not that elevated you know Mm -hmm. that that you know that they put into like their seasonal um cocktail menu so i i love that as well um yeah well, so what, uh, talk, talk a little bit about like what, what you're focused on this, this winter um, and kind of like, in like, what, what do you have going on right now? Is there, is there some things you, you want, like uh, can, can promote uh, in terms of what you're doing work-wise? For sure, man. Yeah, there's a couple of things we're doing. Um, as you know, I just started managing the bar program out at Jacobs Farms. Um, we were originally going to be open um throughout the winter time, but we decided not to be, it just didn't make sense for us as a business. So what we decided to do, um, since we are a startup, we're super excited about the year to come and we want to stay relevant and on people's minds. And uh, just so you know, I'm wearing the hat right now. Plug. <laughs> um, yeah, we're doing a, a few sort of exciting things. And like we were talking about earlier with COVID, it's kind of forced us to be creative and think outside the box. So one of those things is the virtual brew bus tours that Brewbus is doing. Um, one of the owners of Jacobs is also an owner of Brewbus. Uh, really, really incredible entrepreneur with some really bright ideas. What they started doing recently was instead of the normal Brewbus tours where people would, where a driver would cart around, you know, 10, 15 plus people to various breweries, wineries, distilleries, restaurants, and, you know, hiking trails or whatever, scenic overlooks since that's not, you know, best practice anymore, what they started doing was partnering with, say, you know, Filling Station, Rare Bird, Farm Club, and Jacob's Farm, in this case, and doing sort of a la carte menus at all of those places. So you could get like a bake at home pizza from Filling Station, a crowler from Rare Bird, a charcuterie board from Jacob's, uh, some sort of platter from Farm Club and a to-go cocktail from Jacobs. Um, and that all just gets delivered to your door. So that's what we're looking forward to doing. We're doing at least once a month. We'd like to try to do those a little bit more frequently depending on what the, I guess the reception is of it, yeah. how people feel about it. And then in addition to that, we're trying to do a monthly sort of winter wonderland themed event. So we're gonna have our igloos out there bunch of activities in the snow snowman building competitions we're trying to get some dog sleds out there for the kids we'll see if that happens i think that would be really cool but um yeah i think that's what we got to plug for for winter and then we're just basically trying to get all geared up and ready to go for the spring and summer season which is going to be super exciting yeah i think everybody's already looking forward to that (laughs) oh totally man 100 like i needed the downtime and i was like super looking forward to it but i'm like already already completely ready to get back into the swing of things and just you know have my mind totally occupied by 20 different things it's like my standard operating mode but yeah yeah absolutely here's our here, here here's a here's a 
here's a, here's another random fun one for you. Mm-hmm. Um, in in a, like a in a bar in a bar setting as a bartender, like what what's what's something that what's something that like you like some some like bar etiquette or like something that like drives you up the wall that you know like we all know that like there's the people that you know just the people that are annoying in in those settings but like what's something that like people might might be doing pretty regularly that 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 you want to call out oh man yeah i know you got like a bunch of them if you're anybody like me um let me think about that man because i haven't been in like the regular bar game for a while we've done like special events where that it can either be more or less prevalent i guess too (laughs) wait are you gonna make a cocktail is that what you did you like move your stuff around or no i i I just stood up oh like a tall desk and i was just (laughs) done sitting down i sit down all day so yeah sorry no cocktail demos yet but um man to answer that question I got to think about that. Some like general bar etiquette. Hmm. You don't have to have anything if you don't. I I, I want to think of something. That's an interesting question. Um, I think it just goes with all service industry people, man. Like, and this is not a new idea. You know, <laughs> pe- people have said this a million times before me probably more but i feel like it should be mandatory for for people to serve in the service industry for at least a year like it should just be mandatory during college or after high school you do a year in the service industry because there's just a level of empathy that you can feel from people who have been in it versus who have not and there's like this servant versus master mentality sometimes where I'm just like dude like what like why (laughs) is that your tone like why is that the energy that you're coming across the bar with or the table with whatever it may be I think that is just like the most unacceptable thing to to take somebody whose whose job it is to generally make your night feel better and to play devil's advocate here a little bit, there are some servers who are not meant to be in their positions and they are completely the opposite of people, people and people pleasers. And I've seen that as well. And, uh, but for the most part, man, it's like, you know, I've had some really bad days bartending. I've had some really bad days serving where I was not performing my best and I've gotten torn apart for it and I've also had people across the table who were like very empathetic about it so I think to answer your question if there's something that I could change in that realm it would be people just having more empathy for the the person who's across the table with them because as you know man I mean memorizing a menu and the specials and the cocktail menu and especially in any sort of fine dining restaurant where that stuff's changing on the regular, that's a lot of stuff to remember and spiel. And sometimes when you're not having the best day and you're, you are in need of a mental health day and you're just not totally with it. Sometimes you butcher stuff, man. It's just, it's the name of the game. It comes with the territory, but hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, well, we're nearing the, the eight o'clock hour. I just want to, so I'm, I'm probably going to like gravitate towards, kind of wrapping up but I, I just wanted to kind of reset because we're, we're joined here by roman from the bartending company um we've been talking all things uh beverages both alcoholic and non-alcoholic and and, and mm-hmm. his work here in the tc region um 
but uh, so if you have any last minute questions, um, feel free to, 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 to toss them out real quick. Um, as, as we kind of um, wrap up, is there anything in particular that, that, um, you might want to have covered in this, um, Roman, you, you said just before we went on live that this is the first time you're on a podcast. And I love like, you know, if there's something that, you, uh, you know, you're really passionate about and would like to, to be able to talk a little bit about, like, that's what the space is for. Yeah, man, I think we covered it with like the majority of our uh, dialogue, which is really cool. And I super appreciate the fact that we had a question about it, too, which is the free spirited cocktail movement. Um, I'm super bullish on that at the moment. I, I really think every single establishment could benefit in, in many ways from creating a, a really thoughtful, cool and creative free-spirited menu. I would love to start advocating for that more and campaigning for that more in the Traverse City area in our local area and then eventually, I don't know, maybe doing some YouTube videos or some more podcasts of, of sorts and and just kind of like i said just advocating for that more i think that's the main thing that's on my mind at the moment um that i would like to see just more prominent in our area so yeah. i think we pretty much covered that man i appreciate the the questions from you and, and from the guests as well about that yeah uh madeline madeline here has a, a question just in terms of a go-to mocktail recipe to make for company and mm -hmm. i will I, I will say that, um, you know, it is, it is, I, I feel like when I make, when I make, um, free spirited drinks for people, like I, I'd love to do this in my own home. And, and for me, the ones I do can be fairly complicated. So it is pretty hard to translate. Mm -hmm. Is there, I, I know we had kind of touched, uh, on before that one drink that you had, you had replicated, but is, is there like a, a pretty simple, uh, recipe that, that you can kind of, uh, recall off the top of your head or, or perhaps should we just like tee up a recipe in the, in, in the description following this podcast? Yeah. I, I mean, I could give one off the top of my head and, and it is that one and it sounds complicated, but it's really not, man. I did this, like I told you in, in the workshop with table health and, um, I'm probably going to change the way that we did our workshop a little bit in the future. But the way we did it was we made all the ingredients for all of the cocktails at the beginning of the class. Cause I wanted to show people how little time it actually takes. Cause when nice. you look at all these ingredients and all these infusions and syrups that you have to make for, you know, five cocktails that we did in a class, people were like, Oh my gosh, it's going to take forever. We did it all at the beginning of the class. And it was like, boom, done. And like 10 or 15 minutes for all five cocktails, we all made light work of it. So yeah, I'll, I'll give you this recipe real quick and I'm going to have to like think because I haven't done this one in a little while, but yeah. So I made chamomile tea and that was the base instead of gin um, and then iced that. So it's two ounces of iced chamomile tea, three quarters ounce of fresh squeezed lemon juice, three quarters ounce of lemongrass simple syrup, which is just making simple syrup, equal parts sugar and water and a stock of lemongrass cut up. Which is pretty easy to find in the store. Totally, very. Yep. Every time I go to Meyer, they have it there. Um, and then cucumber parsley juice, which what I do is I skin a, a English cucumber, get all the um, that dark green and like waxy skin off there, 
And if you, if you have a juicer, great. If you don't, you can blend that with like a quarter cup of parsley, curly parsley, and mix that up real good, strain it through a fine strainer. And then you've got that ready to go, stays in the fridge for a week or more. And I believe it was three quarters of an ounce of that as well. And the original recipe had a little bit of a saline solution, like a few drops of salt water to add some more dimension to it. I like it as is everything that we just stated. And yeah, shake that up, serve it in whatever vessel you want over ice or not in a coupe. And I usually garnish that with a lemon twist. So nice. we can add this recipe at the end in the Love notes that. as well, because I feel like that was kind of wordy, but. No, yeah. yeah. And also just, just um, to like, and just to clarify that, that cucumber parsley. So yeah, if you don't have a juicer, um, cucumbers are naturally very watery. So if you have yeah. any type of um, any type, like magic bullet, any type of blender, and, and again, I mean, either make it, just make a bigger batch of it or just drink it. It's good for you. So like totally. just throw like, you know, three cucumbers in there and, 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 yeah. and however much parsley you just said and yeah, blend yeah. it up and strain it. And yeah, I think sometimes they, you know, as you just said, I like that you demoed everything in the beginning of the class. Cause I think sometimes it can be, it can be, it can even sound overwhelming or, or long, totally. like a long process, but it really isn't. I mean, the, it's, I mean, peeling a cucumber, it parsley, like rinse it off. I mean, I think you can make that juice yeah. in five minutes and I'm not, I'm not saying that even, even less, like... I do it in, ma- in a magic bullet in three minutes, just peel it, cut it into small slices, put a quarter cup of curly parsley in there with the stems doesn't matter and just blend it up and then strain it through a fine strainer and it's, it's ready to go, man. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we have uh, we have one more question before we wrap up, uh, best champagne or sparkling cocktail for the new year. Best champagne or sparkling cocktail for the new year? Hmm. I mean, I'm batching a ton of a French 75 for my New Year's Eve party tomorrow, um, which is an ounce of gin, uh, about a half ounce of lemon juice, a little bit of simple syrup, and then that's topped with sparkling wine. Um, I'm a huge fan of just using Cava for just about everything. It's a low price sparkling wine. If your local beverage company has one called Mira Me for, I think it's like six or $7 a bottle. I use that for just about every sparkling wine cocktail that I use. Um, got a few other ones. Let me just, just for the sake real quick, let me look at my booklet here. Cause I do think that I saved, is this person local? Do you know this or not? uh local um quite like i would say kind of in okay. and out but like yeah if you have a local and non-local op you know i mean you just kind of mentioned the the non-local so if you got okay. a local one throw it at us so this is an incredible recipe that i use for a wedding of mine uh and i still continue to make this cocktail all the time she named it standing on the sun i think that's a beyonce song it was great <laughs> i love i love this bride julia she's awesome um, so it's a tequila based cocktail. Like I said, it's my favorite. It's, uh, an ounce and a half of silver tequila, three quarters ounce lemon juice, a half ounce of spicy honey, which mm. like I said earlier, that honey syrup, three to one mixture, mm. honey to water, a little bit of red pepper flakes in that water. And then an ounce of mango passion fruit juice, which you wow. can get that at Aldi locally. Yep. It's amazing. And then it's topped with an ounce and a half or two ounces of kava. And it is just mm. 
absolutely sounds, incredible yeah that sounds nice <laughs> so good yeah that that, that could good. be something to impress your friends with at new year's eve whoever <laughs> asked that question yeah sure. um yeah i like that and i guess just real quickly so the the red red pepper flake um water that you make i just i want to highlight that because i think it's super cool i think it's really mm-hmm. versatile because you can use it for uh, beverages and food so what you're saying is you take you just what do, do you have a do you have a ratio you use so when I'm making honey syrup, I do a three to one mixture. So it's a three quarters cup of honey and then a quarter cup of water or, or whatever that equates to if you're scaling it up or down, whatever. But so say it's three quarters cup honey and then I'll put a little bit more than a quarter cup, obviously, because when it boils, some evaporates into a saucepan, add a few sprinkles of red pepper flakes in there. So and it's just, just like it a few sprinkles. Like, you don't like... It's like two minutes is all it takes. Too. Oh, okay. Wow. And then you just strain that through a fine strainer as well. Take that now spicy hot water, mix it with the honey. Um, the heat really opens up that honey and allows it to mix with the water a lot more quickly. And then it's less viscous and then also spicy. And I yeah. use that in all sorts of cocktails, man, that spicy honey. Yeah. And again, it's, it's, I just, I like that idea of the spicy water. Cause that's like, again, you can use that in a wide variety of ways. And it's one of those things you cool it down properly and then it's just in the fridge and it holds for a while. Like a, like spicy but things are I, really good for your health during the winter. So throw that, like, yeah. just like drink, <laughs> throw that a little bit of water or like you're making curry. I mean, it's very versatile. Yeah. I do have to mention though, as far as that's concerned, that is the one thing that is probably the least shelf stable out oh, really? of anything something about because you know honey in its natural form the stuff never goes bad or it'll crystallize but it's like it's it's never gonna it's never gonna hurt you you know years and years and years and years later but uh as soon as you dilute it a little bit it takes away from that but also something about adding the red peppers to the honey it makes it go bad faster so i would say if you're gonna if you're gonna make this concoction don't keep it in your fridge for longer than a week even even in your fridge longer than a week i would just use it faster than that unless you're going to freeze it up i consume a lot of it really fast um cool uh all right well as a means of wrapping up uh love that the final question always is uh if you have any books documentaries people whatever um you know that have been uh inspirational that have been resources for you any 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 people or 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 articles or literature that you want to shout out that has influenced your work and, and who you are for sure, man. I'd actually love to take this opportunity uh, to give a shout out to my original mentor in the bartending game. Um, his name's Nick Hirsch. He was the lead bartender at the very first restaurant that I ever worked at, at the Montage in Laguna Beach. Um, I started there as a busser or a server assistant is what they called it there. And then worked my way up to bistro server. And during that time, the bistro is in like the bar area. And I got to watch Nick do his thing all the time. This guy was an encyclopedia of booze, made incredible cocktails. His like, his table manner was incredible. He was super witty, like very animated. He reminded me of Jim Carrey. And uh, his, he didn't have like flair techniques necessarily, but like his, like high pours and everything just looked so classy. And he's what really got me into bartending. And it started as kind of like a hobby and he kind of took me under his wing, started showing me some things. And I started bar backing for him, then bartending there on slower days. And then I started managing the lobby lounge bar at the resort there. 
And yeah, man, he's, he's kind of the guy that got me started in everything. And he, he gave me the original bartending book that I have. And I still reference to this day more heavily than any other one. And that's the death and company, uh, nice. cocktail book. And they're a cocktail bar in New York. Absolutely incredible. I would recommend that book more highly than any other one to a bartender who's like really looking to get schooled in the art of cocktails. So yeah, I think that's my shout outs, man. As far as the bartending game, Nick definitely got me started. And that was a book that he gave me that I still reference to this day all the time. That is awesome. And uh, if people, people want to find out more about you, the bartending company, what, where, 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 where are we sending folks, social media handles, cool. you name it. For sure. Yeah. So we're on Facebook and Instagram at the bartending co. And then our website is the bartending co.com. Um, all of those platforms at the moment are kind of under construction. We're pivoting pretty heavily this next year. So we're going away from the one-off events a little bit. We'll still do them um, just in certain niche areas. So we're kind of redoing our branding and everything. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, Roman, uh, thanks for being on here. Just a reminder for folks um, that this podcast will uh, be published on all major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, et cetera, uh, on Friday. And then it also gets uploaded to YouTube as well. So uh, if you like this one, you want to check out the previous seven episodes, you know, appreciate the subscribe button on on whatever platform you might use. And uh, stay tuned for the new season of Nothing to Eat. I have no idea what it looks like because 2021 is going to be a brand new year for for me and and, and planting cuisine in that work and uh we'll certainly be talking about that moving forward but uh roman thanks for closing out 2020 uh podcast and uh appreciate everybody tuning in all the questions were fantastic and uh hope to be live with everybody uh very soon again in uh 2021 (laughs) 2021 that's where we're at now That's where we're at. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, Logan. Yeah. Have a good night, everybody.